Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
me. What's that you're holding? A shofar. Will you blow it for us? Well, I don't know if I can. I'll give it a try. Shimmy's new horn is a shofar. Shimmy's new horn is a shofar. Shimmy's new horn is a shofar. He'll blow in shul today. When Shimmy was a little boy, he didn't want to play with toys. Daddy, what I'd like to do is blow the shofar just like you. Shimmy's new horn is a shofar. Shimmy's new horn is a shofar. Shimmy's new horn is a shofar. He'll blow in shul today. His Abba brought it from afar. Gave his son a new shofar. He's been learning how to blow Three different sounds, Shimmy knows Shimmy's new horn is a shofar Shimmy's new horn is a shofar Shimmy's new horn is a shofar He'll blow in shul today He'll blow the horn on Rosh Hashanah Yashvarim and Trua Shofar will make a hundred sounds But on Shabbat it can't be found Shimmy's new horn is a shofar Shimmy's new horn is a shofar Shimmy's new horn is a shofar The blowing shul today
In the AM, the one, the only, Rav Shlomo Kalbach, words from the uh, Rosh Hashanah service coming up in the next couple of days. It's Tuesday at JM and the AM on this September the 3rd, the 28th of Elul. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web at jmtheam.org. Eitan Katz from his uh, most recent release, Shuvu with Anila Dodi, in honor of the month of Elul. Uh, Eitan Katz was here yesterday, a spectacular live performance, really enhanced what was for me a surprise uh, 30th anniversary celebration. My thanks to everybody who put it together was a... Uh, just around this time yesterday, I started getting the uh, the notion that it was going to be a bit of an unusual Labor Day, and that... Um, We'd be doing a uh, a different type of show, and Eitan Katz was a, a very big part of a live music alert Monday yesterday at JM and the AM. Schlock Rock with Shimmy's new horn. Rachamana done by Srili Williger. Hashem Male done by Srili Williger. Hanashamalach, again, Reb Shlomo Kalbach and Regesh Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. It's 71 degrees, 95% humidity. Winds are west at 3 miles an hour. Isolated thunderstorms today with a high temperature of 81. Then tonight, partly cloudy, low 64. Tomorrow, sunshine with a high temperature, 82 degrees. Yushalayim, Tel Aviv, both at 88. Haifa at 86. A lot at 97. We're at 71 degrees here on a Tuesday as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Next to final day of the year, tomorrow... Is Erev Rosh Hashanah. It all began for me here uh, 30 years ago on Erev Rosh Hashanah. So this is quite a week. You know what I forgot to discuss with Matis yesterday? He, uh, Matis has a calculate. First of all, <laughs> first of all, we should have done the, <coughs> should have done the 30 years on the main event. <coughs> Excuse me, should have done the 30 years on the main event caterer's calculator. That's how we should have calculated the 30th anniversary. But aside from that, and speaking of calculations, Matis has a, um, a really, really well thought out and well researched, educated guess regarding how many shows we've done here uh, on JM and the AM since the uh, beginning thirty years ago, and um, I never discussed that with him yesterday. We never got into. I mean, I never even thought of the topic, but it's something that uh, we should discuss at some point uh, when he's on the air because, uh, the number is, uh, I mean, clearly in the, in the high thousands and, um, just astounding what we've been able to provide, thank God, for the Jewish world from, uh, this radio station and from this building because, uh, this week, 15 years ago, we moved to this building in Jersey City, which means that, uh, exactly half of my WFMU career has now been here, which is hard to believe to us. It's still, feels like and seems like the new building so that's uh, a bit unusual uh, but it was uh, this past week um, uh, 15 years ago that we moved here those of you who uh, those of you who enjoyed yesterday's show you would have you'd, you would have enjoyed and maybe you heard it the show where we actually moved from East Orange to Jersey City we did it in the uh, the RV of uh, the Strassman family 
15 years ago. We actually did the show by telephone as we were traveling here. And um, I stopped by uh, th- this past uh, Sunday when I was uh, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, uh, visiting Matis. I stopped by the um, uh, resting place of Mrs. Strassman, who many of you, of course, fondly remember from this uh, radio show. And uh, it was, in fact, 15 years ago that we were uh, all together traveling from East Orange to Jersey City for this uh, Hanukkah Tabayit, for this uh, dedication, or at least for day one in our brand new home. JM in the AM Tuesday, lots of stuff going on. Uh, we'll check in with some of our uh, with some of our guests later on, including our by Stephen Weil, who's going to be with us to uh, speak about the um, liturgy of Rosh Hashanah. What we can expect on uh, Thursday and Friday, the first two days of the year. And um, and uh, tomorrow, of course, Erev of Rosh Hashanah, we will close out 5773, as you would expect here at JM in the AM. Shlomo Simcha is next. Keep it at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. And around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
Ay, 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 ay,
As he told us yesterday, he calls it Nigun Elul. In fact, he performed it live in the studio here at JM and the AM. That's Eitan Katz, of course. And we thank him for being here yesterday, what turned out to be a really, really uh, exciting day. And I thank him very much. And a big thank you to uh, Mark Zamek and uh, Miriam L. Wallach and everybody who um, followed them into this building yesterday, including my own family. Uh, to uh, celebrate this week as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of JMDAM, which began Erev Rosh Hashanah back in 1983, 30 years ago. Hard to believe. So that's Nigun Elul, done by uh, Eitan Katz on the CV- CD entitled Shuvu. Before that, Rosh Hashanah from the Welcome Back Yom Tov CD, Shlomo Simcha and Shomer Yisrael. You heard Maloch, done by the great Shlomo Kalbach. Here at JM and the AM, isolated thunderstorms with a high of 81. Looks like it was raining overnight. Partly cloudy tonight, low 64. Sunshine for tomorrow, a high temperature of 82 degrees. Plenty coming up between now and 9 o'clock. Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel. Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel. On Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net. Uh, we've got a lot of appropriate music rolling all day long on the stream at jmtheam.org. ZK is going to be conducting a live lunch today. Uh, final live lunch of the year. That's right. There will not be one tomorrow for Erev Rosh Hashanah. So final live lunch of the year happens later today. Uh, make sure you tuned in and keep the uh, music rolling on the stream all day long at jmam.org. Got an amazing uh, Mazel Tov uh, uh, message. Shlomo Minzer, Passaic, New Jersey, and Decima Silverman of Staten Island are recently engaged couple, and that means that Anita and Izzy Minzer get a very special Mazel Tov. Anybody who uh, visited the Dizzy Izzy's up in Loch Sheldrake this uh, past summer, or any summer, I'm sure you join me in wishing Anita and Izzy a very special Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And we wish them the very... What a way to wrap up the year with a big simcha like that. So a big Mazel Tov. Uh, and best regards from all of us here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 FM up in Rockland County and around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday next at JM the AM. ולצד השעה שתיים, כאן רן יפנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. נפטרה התעלומה, ישראל היא האחראית לשיגור הטיל הבוקר בים התיכון. מדובר בטיל המטרה אנקור, המדמה טיל בלי... ‫דבר שלכאורה מראה...
כוכבים למעלה זוכים, שערי שמיים פתוחים, ותפילה נזעת באוויר, להינשא הלילה.
a.m. Tuesday morning as we get closer and closer to the brand new year of 5774. I have always uh, thanked publicly on this radio program the uh, amazing friendship we've had with Maimonides Medical Center and its leader, uh, President Pam Breyer. I am uh, even happier than in this past year. I had an opportunity at the Sephardic Home Dinner to uh, uh, declare it live and in person as, uh, as she was there and being honored uh, for all her uh, tremendous uh, accomplishments and contributions uh, to uh, to their cause. And um, that was certainly one of the highlights of the uh, old year for me. And now we get to um, speak with Pam Breyer of Maimonides Medical Center and look forward to a brand new year. Pam Breyer, president of Maimonides Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh, thank you, Nachum. Thank you so much. You are too kind. My. And I so appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I would say you're too kind, but hey, why argue, especially before the new year? No, there's no need. <laughs> there's, there's too many things to talk to. Uh, <laughs> we'll for before we go too much further in this holiday season. That's for sure. Oh, how, my goodness. How, so, you're well, I can tell. Thank God. All is good. How long have you now held the position as president of Maimonides? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that question. I was just sitting here calculating the years. <laughs> um, I came in 1995, wow. and so it's 18 years. Pretty amazing. And, uh, Pretty amazing. And uh, you, you've overseen an incredible expansion, wonderful accomplishments, a whole bunch of stuff that our community certainly can be proud of, and obviously you're attending to and helping out uh, so many more communities in Brooklyn and beyond. Um, what's happening in terms of the uh, actual physical structure of Maimonides? It seems every time I visit there, there's something new that's going up or plans that are being made. What do you expect in the brand new year? Well, it's very exciting. This last year, as you know, we opened up a brand new front entrance. Worthy, I would say, of the great care that goes on inside of Maimonides. I have wanted to do that since the first day my husband drove me past the hospital one rainy March day. I thought, oh my God, what is with the front of this hospital? So that's a long time, and here we are. And here we are is right. And, that and was... here we are, and we are working with um, with the developer on plans for a medical office building, a beautiful medical office building with parking underneath the structure. And um, yeah, people don't even realize how significant that is because well, it's one of the biggest issues in your area is where to leave your car when you got to get to the hospital. <laughs> oh, it is a big issue. Well, we now you know we now have valet parking for people. Oh, very nice. Who come? Yes, just like. The big Manhattan hospitals that's, do. That's good to they know. They have valet parking, which makes it so much easier. Then it's their problem to find a space for your car, not yeah, yours. Exactly. And um, we charge uh, a flat ten dollars. That's it. Period. Wow. Pretty so good. So it's great, really. Um, and um, so we're building a new office building on Ninth Avenue, and medical arts building, and we're very excited about it. Hopefully. Well, I don't know. Where is it going to be? It's going to be on not going to be on Ninth Avenue between Forty Eighth and Forty Ninth, mm. and we have found other homes for the staff who work in those brownstones, and we are going to put up what looks like a beautiful medical arts building with parking. Very exciting. How long will that project? Cardiac, a lot of our doctors, so they will have space to match their great. 
skills. How long will that project take? I, you know, I'd, I'd like to say it'll be done by next year at this time, but I don't think so. But certainly before two years from now. Pam Breyer is with us live via telephone as we uh, wrap up the year. She's, of course, the president of Maimonides Medical Center for the last 18 years. The um, You know which statistic always baffles our listeners every single year, so let's have a little fun for a moment. Do you continue to be uh, the <laughs> number one hospital when it comes to uh, births? Uh, are, are you still number one? <laughs> we, we certainly are. As soon as you said, do you continue to be, I could have finished your sentence, of course. Um, we are the single largest birthing center in the state of New York. And I want to tell you something else. We have, any way you compare us to any other group of hospitals in New York City, we are the safest place in the city to have a baby. Wow. We have the best outcomes of any hospital. We spend a lot of money and a lot of time and sweat and energy on safety. I mean, nothing is more important than safety. It's a happy occasion. It should be a safe one with a wonderful outcome for mom and baby. And that's what we do. And, you know, people would think with numbers as high as yours, you know, how could that be? But sure enough, you make sure it's that way, which is Well, great. we do. We do. And it's, it's really, it's so gratifying. We were up to, I think we did 8,300 last year. Pretty incredible. My God. Oh, my good When I came, it was like, I don't know, 4,500. <laughs> then, then add all the, uh, then add all the fathers and siblings that are visiting within, right. within 24 hours. You got, you got quite uh, full passageways over there yeah, at the yes, hospital. We do try to discourage that, you know, but it doesn't work. Yeah, you know what um, it does not work, uh, especially the babies. Moms need to rest, you right. know. So, I mean, I've just made, I don't think it's a minority view anymore. I think people in the community agree with me. Certainly the women do. 100% everybody agrees with you, but you know our community when it comes, when it comes. Oh, I do. When, I so do by now. When it comes to, when it comes. <laughs> no question. When it comes to visitation, I think we're number one at that as well. I know, I know. This is not a good thing necessarily. You right. know, but anyway. Every year you talk about the volunteers though, whose visits are very, very important and extremely helpful for the staff and obviously for the patients. I assume they're still doing well at it. Oh, they are doing so well. And I, next year, I think I'm going to try to line you up in advance. It is the most wonderful site. Every year, we have a lunch for our volunteers. We've now outgrown several places. We have almost 18, we have, we have over 1,500 um, volunteers, maybe almost 1,800 I hate to even say this. It's quite wow. extraordinary. And um, and they are from all areas of the community. They are young and old and students and uh, grandparents, and it is a wonderful sight. Wonderful. I would assume that your relationship with the Hatsala Volunteer uh, Ambulance Corps continues to be a good one. Oh, it does. And I don't even call them the Hatsala. I call them the Hatsalas. <laughs> because there are so many of them, and they are such wonderful people. I can't begin to tell you. It's extraordinary, really extraordinary. And they are so tireless in their service to people. It's 
a joy to watch them in action. Well, we've learned this morning that the uh, numbers continue, thank God, when it comes to uh, brand new baby boys and girls to be uh, incredible over there at Maimonides. The expansion continues as you continue to uh, lay down plans and anticipate even more and more facilities within your hospital facility. And I would guess your personnel continues to expand. Are you still recruiting some of the top doctors in the world uh, to come we to have Maimonides? Great doctors. I do I have to tell you, I am so excited to tell you and your listeners this morning that a week ago the federal government, the Medicare program, issued its data about um, survival rates for heart attack, heart failure and pneumonia. Yeah. And we are the among the top three in the city, and among the top ten in the country. Oh, congratulations. Mazel this tov- is not the first year. It no. is not the first year. That I'm sure. Mazel Your chances tov- of survival are better at Maimonides than many of the other academic teaching uh, centers and I'm not going to tell you who they are. Yeah. Just come to us. We will make sure you walk out of there. Well, you know that a lot of people in our community, in fact, do go to you. And we take this opportunity, Pam, to wish you a great 5774 year ahead. I'm sure that there are going to be a lot more accomplishments at the hospital and a whole bunch of stuff that you'll be doing for the community, as you always do. In fact, you know that we're always announcing so many different Maimonides-sponsored events as you try to educate the public through different forums with your personnel, with your medical personnel, and with your social workers, etc., uh, to get people to be more health conscious, to get people to be more aware of what's out there and what's happening, and you should uh, be blessed in continuing to do that with you and your staff. Well, thank you, really. Thank you so much, and to all of your listeners, we are such a unique hospital. There is no place like Burl Park, <laughs> Flatbush, and the surrounding environment. That is for sure. Oh, that's for sure as well. Right. And um, this hospital really reflects it, and I think it's getting better and better clinically, we are working, continue to work really hard on making it um, a warm and comfortable environment for healing. Um, and I think we're making progress. And our staff is really excited about all the things we're doing. It's it's really been a great a great year this past year, well. and we will always look forward to a bright new year coming up ahead. And to you, how old are those triplets? Believe it or not, they're all teenagers, 15 years old, and you remember the day they were born. I do, indeed. And and the older one. Yeah, there's an older one, there's younger one. Yeah, but tell me, <laughs> how old is the older one? Believe it or not, 21 years old. Oh, my goodness. Is that amazing? That is extraordinary. I mean, what is what is it with life that time flies so quickly? Oh my goodness! It's just incredible. It is incredible. I'm too oh, I'm too young to have kids that old. <laughs> I know. That's just it. I don't feel as old as I am, obviously. But um, well, thank God. It's just, you know, it, thank God. It, yes, it must must uh, keep your energy level up. It's the best. For you, you and your listeners means get enough rest exercise, and eat well. Yeah. These are the keys. Otherwise, Pam's going to come after you, yeah, folks. Yeah, well, I've been known to do such things. Because thing, yes. she's very... And get all your screening tests if you're over the age of 40. All I right. tell my staff, I will know if you haven't done it. I will look at you, and I will know. So <laughs> get cracking. Especially the men out there. Make oh, sure, especially. Make oh, sure but you get... know what? It's interesting. Women, it turns out, are equally bad about getting 
mammograms and things like They're so busy worrying about their families. But they don't have they, that reputation. How do you like that? The men have the reputation like of avoiding the medical tests. Interesting. No, it's both. It's really it, it's really both. Good. You're, you're, good. you're yelling reason. at everybody this morning. I like that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Equal opportunity musser, as we say yeah, before the end really, of the year. exactly. So, <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's Pat. such a treat to be on the show. I just look forward to it every year. I appreciate that. And we keep tabs on everything going on at the hospital with the great Douglas Jablon. Uh, we, yes. we wish him the best and you uh, the best. And we yes. should have a happy, healthy, sweet new year together and continue your amazing work on behalf of the community. Well, thank you, Nakam. And the same to you. Thank Be you well. so much. Bye-bye. Pam Breyer is, of course, president of Maimonides Medical Center and joins us as uh, they continue uh, to successfully make an effort to educate our public regarding health matters that are important, and they're doing quite a job at it. And Mazel Tov again, number one in New York State, births in New York State, as you would suspect. I think they've shattered all their old records and continue to set new ones. Tuesday morning, J.M. the A.M., the great D.A. of Brooklyn, joins us next. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonish Masar of Zeb, and Yosef Halevi, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Elul. Erev Rosh Hashanah is the last day of the year. Chazal tell us that whoever does tshuva one day a year, it is considered as if he did tshuva the whole year. We are noeg. We are accustomed that Erev Rosh Hashanah, we wake up especially early, say slichos in vidoy. When doing tshuva, one should put the emphasis on bein adam l'chaveroi, not wait until Erev Yom Kippur to ask Mechila, forgiveness from our friends. The entire day of Erev Rosh Hashanah, one should be involved in learning Torah, doing mitzvahs in Chesed. The last day of the year is a time when we have the power to correct our deficiencies of the entire year. The Chidush Yarim says it's possible to do Tshuva on Erev Rosh Hashanah for the entire past year. Our sages tell us in Maseches Rosh Hashanah that one day in the year is considered a year. Furthermore, we learn in Psochim, Miksas Hayoim Kekuloi, that part of the day is considered as the entire day. Therefore, if in the few hours of the last day of the year we do tshuva, and that day is considered a year, then it will be considered as if we have done tshuva throughout the entire year. During Mincha, on Erev Rosh Hashanah, we say our very last tefillah for the previous year. We ask Hashem in Shemona Esrei, Boreicholeinu Hashem Elokeinu Hashanah Azois. Bless for us Hashem this year. One can ask the question, in only a few minutes, the year will be over. Why do we ask Hashem to bless Shonah Azois this year? The great tzaddik, the Sar Shalom of Bells explains, Yeshua Hashem Keherafayin. The salvation of Hashem is as quick as the blink of an eye. Even the last few minutes of the year still have the title, This Year. And in those last few moments, our salvation can arrive. I would like to take this opportunity to wish everyone a Ksiva Vachasima Tova, a Shana Tova Musuka, a very good, sweet, and healthy year. J.M. in the A.M. and I take this opportunity to wish Rabbi Goldwasser a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. I always mention that I am now here 30 years uh, this week, era of Rosh Hashanah 1983, Rabbi Goldwasser, one of the two people 
who predated me here at JM in the AM. So Rabbi Goldwasser is doing this on an almost a daily basis for the last 30-plus years. So I take this opportunity to wish the entire Goldwasser family a wonderful 5774, happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. And um, we should continue to provide amazing words of Torah on the uh, program every single day. Tomorrow, of course, Rabbi Yudin is going to be joining us because it's Erev Yom Tov and Erev Rosh Hashanah. Uh, so Rabbi Goldwasser will not be on, hence his uh, greeting for the brand new year. And again, we thank him for all his hard work in preparing morning chizuk. I can only imagine how many thousands of times already uh, in the past. And by the way, speaking of uh, Rabbi Goldwasser, there will be a uh, Shabbos Shuvah Russia, as you would suspect, and that is coming up uh, this coming Shabbos, uh, the day after Rosh Hashanah. And uh, it'll be happening in Brooklyn, New York, and I'll have all the information for you uh, coming up here at JM in the AM. Well, the uh, District Attorney of Brooklyn, New York, uh, is um, the Honorable um, uh, Charles J. Hines, and uh, he is with us in our studio this morning. He is in the midst of uh, some very exciting times in Brooklyn, to say the least. And the uh, DA, a good yard to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be here. Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. Shana Tova. A good your a good good what, else, what else am I forgetting? Good good A good good <laughs> The DA's Yiddish is better than mine. That's why I let him take over the Yiddish portion <laughs> of JM and the AM. Well, for somebody who's had a a very active summer, you look uh, you look fantastic. Oh, I feel great. Yeah, what's going on out there? How things uh, how uh, things going as you pound the pavement? We're looking very very well and very good. It, it's uh, a good strong support from uh, the broad base of all of the communities. I was endorsed the day before yesterday by Carib News, which is a huge endorsement. I was endorsed earlier in the week by the Jewish Voice, the Jewish Press. Uh, yesterday I was endorsed by the uh, South Maronites. Uh, so uh, it's coming together. The, uh, the, the strong roots I have both in the broad spectrum of the Jewish community as well as the Caribbean community has paid off. I, mean, I think the, uh, these two communities in particular know that the programs that we've created have had a measurably positive effect on raising levels of public safety. And the two communities also know that I'm very accessible, that uh, they have a friend in me, and that uh, they didn't have that before I became DA. You know, um, we have spoken, I don't know how many times on these airwaves, we've joked about how we first met, uh, gosh, over two decades ago. And... um, and we and we look we've uh, we've had a wonderful relationship so mm-hmm. it's no it's no secret out there that I'm a big fan of Joe Hines but the item that continues to jump out at me as I watch this campaign and what you're going through over the last few months are these crime statistics it is absolutely unfathomable if you would have mm-hmm. told somebody living mm-hmm. in Brooklyn New York 20 years ago mm-hmm. That all the major crime statistics would take the downturn that they did and really plummet in some categories. They never would have believed it. No, eighty percent reduction in serious crime. You know, Brooklyn in in uh, nineteen ninety, uh, shortly after I took over, was averaging one hundred and fifty eight thousand serious felonies. We had one out of every fifteen of us was the victim of a serious crime. My house in Flappish was burglarized four times in the five years before I ran for DA. And three of my five kids were violently assaulted. We had become the fifth most violent place in America per capita. And talk about incredulity, when I was sworn in, my wife 
with whom I will now share 50 years in October. Wow. It was my, best, my best friend <laughs> and great best advisor. She said, as we settled down to have dinner after the swearing-in, she said, are you nuts? I said, what do you mean? She said, you said there that at, at the swearing-in you're going to reduce crime in two years? I said, yeah. She said, how are you going to do that? I said, I have the faintest idea, but I'm sure I'm going to do something. <laughs> but it, it didn't take long to begin to hire some terrific uh, criminal justice uh, uh, advocates and professionals, uh, really thinkers who looked at the big picture and identified immediately the major problem, which was crime, which was drug-related crime. And so we became the first prosecutor's office in September of 1990, first prosecutor's office in the country to have a drug treatment alternative to prosecution and imprisonment program. Uh, before that, the only place in America that had any kind of drug treatment was the drug court in Dade County. But no prosecutor's office had it. And today, uh, there is no prosecutor in the United States that doesn't have a drug treatment program. Here in New York State, we have 148 drug courts. Brooklyn has four drug courts and the largest one in the state. And you have presumptive drug treatment. Now, that had an extraordinary effect on reducing uh, reoffending rates. Columbia University, in a, a study that seemed endless because it was five years, uh, found that uh, we reduced the reoffending rate by way more than half, that 63% of my graduates were never rearrested, and 91% of them were employed. Now, not only does that have an effect on reducing crime levels and raising public safety, but it's a new workforce mm. uh, producing, uh, uh, you know, tax benefits for the, for the public. And the other major... And I just want to mention, it was duplicated, as you said, or alluded to, it's been duplicated in a lot of different places around every, this country. Every, That's who you should have had campaigning for you. Yeah. All those, all those uh, DAs that are, that are stealing all your ideas and succeeding with them. <laughs> they, 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 they were, they've been very generous during the campaign. Whenever, are you serious? Well, yeah, oh, whenever good. I ask, you know, they'll, they'll call the newspapers very or anybody good. in the business and, and say. But the other, <coughs> the, the other uh, major initiative we, uh, we created was to address the fact that six out of ten people and this is a national average, returning to uh, their communities from prison right. are rearrested within three years, and more than half return to prison. And that's the, you know, literally, that the revolving door of justice. And we began the first reentry program for the country, and uh, offering wraparound services to people coming home from prison. And Bruce Weston of Harvard University in 2007 conducted a study uh, and he found that we, again, reduced recidivism by way more than half, down to 2 out of 10 rather than 6 out of 10. Right. And, uh, of course, this group is another part of our workforce. They are all employed, for the most part, and they're, uh, they're paying taxes. So those two uh, major programs had the, had the result that Money Magazine, just 13 years after I, was, I had the privilege of becoming DA, said that Brooklyn was one of the 10 best places to live in America. And our irrepressible borough president, who sadly we lose the term limits, Marty Markowitz... I'm glad you say that, yeah. because he will be missed. Oh, truly. But, but Marty is fond of saying, if you left Brooklyn, too bad, tough, you can't come back, you can't afford it. And, you know, it's, it's tr- remarkable changes. And... and 
I'm confident I'll be reelected because of that change and because uh, all of the polling that we've seen uh, attribute in large uh, proportion our contribution to reducing crime and raising levels of public safety. It is pretty amazing what the rental prices and housing prices in general are oh. now in Brooklyn. It's, a, it's matching or sometimes exceeding neighborhoods in Manhattan, yes, which is, is unbelievable. Yeah. D.A. Hines is here uh, a week from today, right? That's the primary, yeah. a week yes, from today. Is. Winner of the primary usually wins the whole thing, right? Yeah. The whole ball of wax? Can't lose. <laughs> you can't. Not, I have, I have not both, in your city. <laughs> I both have the rep- I have the Republican and the conservative lines oh. anyway. So you really? Yeah. You got this thing locked up almost yeah. already. Yeah. Now, you recall... Um, in the, I guess we'd call it the 60s, right? That's when, that's when uh, riots and crime forced mm-hmm. a lot of people to leave neighborhoods. Even when Jewish leaders begged their constituents not to move, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in droves, they would leave the area. Mm-hmm. You've now seen over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, we can go neighborhood by neighborhood if you'd want, mm-hmm. uh, meaning Jewish neighborhoods. Yes. You have seen expansion like crazy. Oh, if ex- not for the... The anti-crime atmosphere, if mm-hmm. not for the crackdown that has mm-hmm. taken place over the last couple of decades, the exact opposite would have happened. And instead of expansion and seeing some of the most beautiful Jewish neighborhoods in the world, we'd mm-hmm. have just the opposite. We'd have we'd have tremendous flight from those areas. No, the the uh, the leaders of the community that urge people to stay uh, are real heroes because they they had confidence that uh, that it could be turned around. And the very you know talk about these crime prevention programs. The very first thing we did that was groundbreaking was to to uh, create a uh, an extensive criminal just criminal community uh, relations bureau, and and because it was our rec- recognition that we weren't going to turn it around unless we had the support of the communities across the county. And so, for example, for the uh, the broad spectrum of the Jewish community, particularly the Frum community, I was able to have Charles Posner, of blessed memory, be my first liaison. And when he left to become a judge, I was very, very fortunate. Uh, I, I had the blessings of Hashem and having Hannah White, who's been such an extraordinary uh, addition to our staff. And, you know, I, I often say, uh, not only to Jewish audiences, but to everybody else, I've got very, very good people everywhere. Henna is unmatched for the ability she brings and, and the uh, extraordinary relationship she has with the community. But having people in the Caribbean community, the African-American community, the Latino community, the Russian community, having people who can be the liaison to the community, was the beginning of uh, a, a series of communication tools that we used to make people understand that you can make a, a great difference if you work with us. Uh, and, you know, I, I remember the days of the Black Panthers when African-American communities were like armed camps. That's all changed. Uh, and then the final thing I think is I'm so happy about is that uh, the relationships between the communities are so much more positive today than they were, for example, during the Crown Heights riots uh, or during the the, uh, the Church Avenue. Uh, People are getting along better, huh? Much better. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I did, I, over the summer I did a lot of campaigning in street fairs. And what was extraordinary to me is that 15 years ago you didn't have many street fairs. People were afraid to go out of their houses. And you know, I don't want to sugarcoat things. You know, we, we last year for the first time since 1960, we had fewer than 150 murders. Con- contrast that with 160 murders a year when I became DA. Right. 
And uh, but you know, the, just the other day, a 16-month-old child right. was shot to death, uh, apparently in an execution meant for his father. Right. So we're not completely there yet. Even though this morning my BlackBerry, and I get a murder report every every morning with the BlackBerry. I have 11 few murders than I had last year. We have so much more to do. And I have a lot of plans for this next term. And and I'm, I'm not at all shy about saying that I'm not going to be there forever. And as part of my future plan, whether it's next term or the term after, I have to find someone who will embrace uh, this dedication of programs that has had such an impact on public safety and understands most of all that at the uh, at the very foundation of public safety is community involvement right. and you know I was with the Aaronite community uh, yesterday and I said you can you can guarantee that the person who succeeds me will have the same relationship uh, that I have had. Um, you talk about the uh, the next term. Mm-hmm. If you if there's one thing you'd love to see happen, if, and you know what? Before I even ask you that question, let me ask you this: You're watching a mayoral election right now, mm-hmm. and you have to admit, when it comes to crime cutting, you've had some good partners over these two oh, decades, absolutely. right? Even yeah. you know nobody's going to admit that they did it alone. They had some no, great, no, no, just no. like they would say that a great partner in you. You had a great partner in I City do. Hall. I, I, Are you worried about who might be the next mayor? Not really. I mean, I think the the the, the rhetoric aside, I think that uh, you know, once the reality of winning and knowing what you have to do, uh, you know, uh, wakes you up, you understand you have to start working with people, and that that public safety has to be a, a key. So no matter who's in, you're yeah. confident I mean, that they will keep public safety as a number one. Rudy Giuliani understood that public safety translated into economic advancement. Right. You know, and that, and Only way for the city to grow. Yeah, right. precisely. Uh, but if I had one thing that I want to yeah. accomplish, uh, of all the things I want to do, I want to I want to uh, reverse a mistake that was made more than sixty years ago when they centralized the court system. And I have a track record already. You would not have gone to Red Hook fifteen years ago unless you had a platoon of Marines from the Third Marine Division. <laughs> uh, it was one of the more dangerous places in New York City. We put a community court, the first multi-jurisdictional community court in the city, in Red Hook. And today, a Red Hook with a fairway market, with an Ikea, with dozens of bars and restaurants and, and uh, new uh You wouldn't recognize it. You would not recognize it. It's become <laughs> it's one of the safest places around. In two years, we'll have the Brownsville Community Court up and running. And I believe that the miracle of Red Hook will become the miracle of Brownsville. I've been working on this thing for three years with the Center and Quarter and, and Administration. And once we have the same success, and I believe that one year from the date we open, so in the third year of my next term, we will be able to go to the, the, the uh, Office of the Court Administration and the new mayor and the city council and say, you know what, the time has come to reverse, at least in part, that centralization decision, which took away the credibility we had in neighborhoods. We had courts everywhere in New York City. You could walk 15 blocks in either any direction from your house and walk into a courthouse. Right. When they centralized it, all the credibility went downtown in the five counties. Uh, I believe we, we can set up model local courts uh, within the next four years and, and to begin to re- reverse that. And, and that will be a final step 
in achieving the levels of public safety I hope to, to, to see in Brooklyn and the rest of the city. And you would argue, and I would agree, that the people, that the folks, that the, the people who would help, who would who would be happiest with that change in Brownsville would be the residents of Brownsville no, themselves. No question about it. And you know, the, everyone who thinks that uh, yeah. no, they wouldn't be welcome to that idea. No, we're we're already up up and running with a youth court in Brownsville. Uh, we we have we've I've spent the last two years in something called Brownsville Back on Track, which offers a wide range of services, not only to the uh, uh, the, the adult members of the community, but to the kids. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there are 25 restart schools that have been uh, created by the, uh, the, the uh, Department of Education. And the top restart school, and this is for chronically truant kids, the top restart school in the, in the city is the Brooklyn DA's office restart school. Imagine that. Now, you know, that's, that's not something that no prosecutor does. But I don't believe in the traditional model of prosecution. I believe that there's so much more we can do to recreate uh, and, and redesign the office of a prosecutor to, to work on prevention and intervention and, and then, of course, reentry for those coming home from prison. And the sum of that is translates into public safety, working so, with my partners in the community, working with the cops. Right. So it all comes down to. Yeah. All right, a week from today, everybody will find you on the ballot. Yes. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Uh, one thing I can say about D.A. Hines, everybody, uh, while the majority of candidates who promise to come back and speak to our audience never do, he has proven time and time again that at any time we ask him to come in and schmooze about anything, he is here. And I have a feeling that will not change in your next term. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. And I and I, just for your listeners, if, if those of you out there who think we're going in the right direction, please vote and vote for me on next Tuesday at uh, September 10th. One week from today in the Democratic primary. And by the way, a lot of our listeners have roots in Brownsville, you should know. Well, you know that. Of course they You know Brownsville was a major Jewish community oh, one sure. time, right? Murder Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> That's go. where it started. That's where it all began. Yeah. A happy, healthy, and sweet New Year, D.A. Hines. Thank you. A good Kibbench Jor. A good Kibbench Jor. <laughs> Leave it to you to veer me back into the Yiddish. Uh, there he is, the D.A. of Brooklyn, uh, Joe Hines. The election, the Democratic primary is one week from today. We wish him the best of luck from all of us here at JM and the AM. Four minutes after, uh, four minutes before eight o'clock on a uh, on a uh, Tuesday morning. Our final Elul chauffeur blowing of this month because tomorrow on Erev Rosh Hashanah the custom is not to blow the chauffeur. So we'll do it now and continue with more music coming up at JM and the AM.
In the AM, wrapping up the hour with uh, Shmakolenu off of Shalshelis Jr., volume number two. Minute after eight o'clock on this Tuesday, a big thank you to Eitan Katz. In fact, we have Eitan Katz ready to roll in just a second from his uh, uh, CD entitled Shuvu. A big thank you to Eitan Katz who was here yesterday. A big thank you to uh, everybody who followed uh, Mark Zamek and Miriam L. Wallach into our studio yesterday. When they came in yesterday, I wasn't that suspicious, but then all of a sudden, the crowd started to build, including my own family, as we celebrated on Labor Day, unbeknownst to me. <laughs> I was totally surprised, and I thanked them for that. Uh, celebrated the 30th anniversary here at JM and the AM, era of Rosh Hashanah, 1983, is when we all began at this radio station. And uh, I thank everybody for the great comments yesterday. Uh, if you missed any of the show, check it out. Great live music, wonderful celebration, amazing words from Stacy Siegel and Benjamin Siegel. Uh, big thank you to main event caterers, Joey, Eddie, and Marty, who uh, provided a great celebration for us after the show. It was just a wonderful morning, and I thank everybody, and especially those who tuned in and really, especially those who tuned in and told me they couldn't leave their car till the uh, show ended. That was really cool, and I greatly appreciate it. Tomorrow is Arab Rosh Hashanah. We'll wish everyone a happy, healthy, and sweet new year, and of course, 
Thursday and Friday off the air for Rosh Hashanah back on Monday right here at JM in the AM. Two minutes after 8 o'clock, it is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard a listener sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, or 91.9 FM in Rockland County. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org.
J.M. in the A.M. at Diaspora with Takab, a chauffeur gadol. 14 minutes after 8 o'clock in the morning, it's J.M. in the A.M. getting closer and closer to the big holiday. Rosh Hashanah 5774 begins tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I should say. Unbelievable. Off the air Thursday and Friday, back Monday for a full week here at J.M. in the A.M. Make sure to uh, check us out at that point. Kent Yitzchak, Mayor Health, got had chauffeur Shomo Shiach. Eitan Katz, who was here yesterday for our big celebration, our big surprise celebration. With Shuvu, Shalshelis Jr. had Shmakolenu here on a, um, a Tuesday morning. Lots of folks are starting school today. A lot of youngsters are heading back to school, getting back to the grind. <laughs> heading into a, a brand new school year. We take this opportunity to wish everybody lots of luck. And an amazing 5774 school year ahead. I um, also want to mention a Mazel Tov, a Mazel Tov going out to a Shlomo Minzer of Passaic and the Simis Silverman of Staten Island. So to the Silverman family, a Mazel Tov, and of course to uh, Izzy and Anita Minzer from Dizzy Izzy's up in Lock Sheldrake. A very special Mazel Tov to them. They've been amazing friends of ours for a long time, and we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Also, I got a uh, a note this morning from uh, our listener, Tahila. Happy birthday to Shuey Abraham, Hillside, New Jersey, eight years old, from the entire Abraham crew. Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM.
Shneim. Yacha, that's uh, the great Rip Shlomo Kalbach, of course. Well, uh, at the very end of last week, I think it was just before Shabbos, uh, Bennett Schachter, who's a, a great uh, longtime friend and a big listener of this radio show, and I thank him and the entire Schachter family for always spreading the word about JM and the AM, he sent me an email about a brand new song that was composed by Avram Willig, another great longtime friend from Israel. Uh, Rabbi Willig and family are about to celebrate the bar mitzvah of their son, and um, they have a brand new song, again, composed by uh, Rabbi Avram Willig, who many of you remember from his youth as an amazing singer, I'm sure he still is, and uh, with words from this time of year, so it works out perfectly. So I'm dedicating this both to the uh, Schachter and Willig families with a special uh, good morning to uh, Rabbi and Mrs. Willig, who I hope are tuned in. Uh, yeah, meaning the the senior rabbi, Mrs. Willick, who I hope are tuned in. Uh, brand new, in honor of their uh, grandson's bar mitzvah. Here it is at JM and the AM.
Well, there it is. And again, I'm uh, dedicating that to the Schachter and Willig families. Drushna, that's a brand new Avram Willig composition, run by Avram Willig from Israel. And Mazal Tov to their family on the upcoming Bar Mitzvah. Tuesday morning, JM and the AM at 27 minutes after 8 o'clock. Well, tomorrow night it all begins. The brand new year, the liturgy, the special liturgy for Rosh Hashanah. Uh, which, of course, uh, will include the uh, special additions that we say during the Aserah Shemei Tshuva, the Ten Days of Repentance, obviously all building up to Yom HaKippurim, Yom Kippur, next Shabbos. Rabbi Steve Weil is here. He is, of course, the Executive Director, Executive Vice President of the OU, the uh, Union of Orthodox Jewish Congregations of America, which we refer to as the Orthodox Union, and he is here to discuss the Machser and some of the things we can expect this coming Thursday and Friday in Shul. Rabbi Weil, Shana Tova to you, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's a great honor to be here this morning. I appreciate that. It all begins with tomorrow night. And you know what's funny about the um, about the Rosh Hashanah service, at least from my perspective? Um, everyone is encouraging the Shliach Tzibor to daven well, and daven for us, and the, and 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 everyone obviously for obvious reasons concentrates on how important Rosh Hashanah davening is and tries to to add to their own tefillah by enhancing it with whatever uh, essays and shiurim they might read or hear and and to um, uh, I- include uh, a longer Shmona Esrei than usual if possible and more concentration and yet the majority of Rosh Hashanah's service is not about personal requests. It's mostly about proclaiming God the King, and there's very little. If one wanted to, you know, plead with God about certain things for their personal life, there's very little of that in the Rosh Hashanah liturgy. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, Rosh Hashanah, which is the anniversary of humanity. Right. We have these three great motifs. In fact, Joseph Albo, when he wrote Sefer Karim, he says that basically those his source, the three axioms or the three postulates of not just Judaism but of existence. His source was the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah. And what's interesting is the Baal HaMa'or, the famous Provencal Rishon, he was of the opinion that what we say for Musaf should be said all three, all four Amidas. You know, Mariv, Shabbos. Right. Because you have the three themes. The God's mastery of the universe. The Why fact. does it belong only in Musaf, right? And then, of course, the nature of the judgment, which is the most difficult, the Zichronos. And then Shofros, which is God's confrontation or God's engagement with us throughout history. Right. So we are acknowledging that we're being judged, and we are proclaiming that he is the judge, but we are, am I right or wrong, that we're doing very little personal beseeching and requesting? It's more of a communal level. Am I right or wrong about that? Yes. Part of, part of the theme of Rosh Hashanah, even though it's Judgment Day, it's part of a continuum that leads to Yom Kippur. So on on the day that we coronate God as the master of the universe, Malchios is that coronation, right. you can't look like a beggar and a schlepper. We have to conduct ourselves. That's why you don't have the Alchets, we don't have the Ashamdus. Right. We do all the Slichas the day before. Yeah, and that'll come the day after right. as well. And it continues the day after, right. Yeah. So it's a dialectic almost between, on the one hand, we have this tremendous quote, the Machser, Pacha Dechil, we're traumatized, we're seized by fear of the judgment. But on the other hand, we come in our finest clothing. It's a day of, of majesty, it's a day of coronation of the Almighty, of Master of the Universe. It's that dialectical experience. Right. Before anything can take place from our end, the first thing we must do is recognize the oneness, the kingdom, the leadership, the 
the uh, the the overall uh, sovereignty of the one above. Yeah, and in the nine of the ten psukim give a nuance and a subtlety and a different aspect and feature of God's mastery of the universe. You know, of the nine proof texts, right. each of them has its own unique angle and its own unique. Uh, path to understanding God's mastery of the universe. All right, Stephen Weil is here uh, talking about the Machser. Uh, when did you first explore the Machser? Most young kids are, you know, not, not attuned to the, the different explanations, translations, nuances of the Machser. At some point, I assume, during your adult life, you took a, a, real, a, a real interest in what the Machser has to say and what we're doing. Uh, the first and second days of the brand new year. Yes. Yom Kippur is, believe it or not, is a much easier day to understand, to conceptualize. I'll tell you who opened up the machzer for me. It was Rabbi Soloveitchik. Saturday nights in Boston, people would come from all over, not only the members of his shul and the members of the families of the Maimonides School, but from Harvard, from Tufts, from MIT. And before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, he would give shiurim on Saturday nights in the machzer. And the way he analyzed Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofros, the three motifs, the three themes of the day, that's what opened it up for me, personally. All right, so let's go into the themes for a bit, because if we are going to establish, and we, and, and we all agree, that being the Melech, the king of the world, is the first thing we all must declare at the start of the year, so I guess Malchios is the first section, makes a lot of sense, correct? Yes, and in, in fact, the fact that that, section is put into the Kedusha Sayom, it is the primary, the most dominant motif. Right, more than Zechronos and Shofros. Yes. That is the, if you had to say the theme of the holiday, that is the theme of the holiday. Zechronos, how does that work its way as the second theme? Oh, is it difficult. It, and, and the reason is, we say, who could ever be acquitted? No one wants to stand alone in judgment before God. Right. Who can say, you know, I've utilized my time, my talents, my abilities? So the way the Rav explains Zichronos, because of course Zichronos by the Almighty does not mean remembering. If by definition God does not forget, how can he, have to so remember? How can he remember? Right. So the idea is, at least the way the Rav explained it is, and I'm using a term, uh, an example here, we ask the Almighty to see us as a bridge, and we have to see ourselves as a bridge. Meaning, Hashem looks at the totality of history, the past, the present, and future. So Hashem, who's not bound by time, is in the past with Avram and Sarah. He's in the future with the Melech HaMashiach. And what are we? We're the bridge between a great and glorious past, and we have to see ourselves bearing that mantle and being responsible for that. And at the same time, on the other side of the bridge, we're the ones paving the way for a better tomorrow, for our children, our grandchildren, for the Messianic era. And we ask the Almighty to see us in that context. We may not be perfect, we may not be ideal, but we're going to do our best to stand up and take responsibility of being the bearers of the Masorah, of the tradition of everything precious and important, and at the same time paving the way and being the farmers that plant the seeds for a better tomorrow, for the eschatological messianic era. Because the only way to, in fact, be successful at that part, uh, laying the foundation for the future, is to keep in mind the past and all that's happened. So Zichronos, you would then argue, is really our Zichronos, as opposed to it being the Zichronos of the one above. Absolutely. We have to see ourselves, we have to stand up and see ourselves in that light. If I could just give two sure. examples from the Machser. The very first Pasuk talks about Ve'yizkar Elohim as Noach. Right. Noach was a great man, but in and of himself was not, did not merit, was not worthy of being saved providentially from the flood. 
So we have a midrashic tradition that Noah was a farmer. He wasn't an architect or an engineer. The Almighty gave him the architectural and the engineering skills to be able to create that teva to save himself, Nama, the children. Why? What's Vayizkar Elohim as Noah? Because Noah will be the progenitor. He's the one that's going to plant the seeds that will produce an Avram and a Sarah. So Noah is judged in that context, not in a vacuum. In a vacuum, meets Daklafanecha. He could never have been acquitted, but in the context of the future. The second example is working backwards, the Jews in Mitzrayim. You know, the, they'd hoped all along there was going to be a change of administration. You know, when when this megalomaniac dies, we'll go back to the good old days of right. Joseph and the Egyptians. The new Pharaoh comes in. He says, "Hey, economically, the fuel that runs uh, this economy is slave labor." You know, he wasn't a megalomaniac. He wasn't an anti-Semite. He was a practicalist. He was a practicalist. <laughs> and they, at that point, they realized they could only turn to the Almighty. And at that time, they started, instead of saying, you know, sometimes like what we do, you know, we say these false prayers and we put our trust in the IDF or the IAF. The reality is, real bitachon means that the IAF is a tool of the Almighty. And they started to turn and they realized the only one they could turn to is God. It's funny you say that because um, I, I was reading how Parshas Vayelach is always either the last or first Parsha of the year. And uh, we were discussing over Shabbos, why would it be? Why would it be so appropriate that Vayelach is always, you know, surrounding Rosh Hashanah? And, of course, the Pasuk that describes to us that when you go into Israel, rely on nothing else. Just rely. You, you, all you'll have to do is rely on the Rabbana Shalom, is rely on him. And this, of course, is the same theme that you're uh, projecting here, that this is this is the new year. We only have Shar Bitachon, right? We only have one uh, to rely on. Um, and, and ironically enough, you mentioned Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and what ends up being one of the central aspects of Judaism, Zechiras Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, right? Yeah. Also ends up being a uh, an important component of remembrance for us. Not for God, but for us. Shofros. So now we have a third part of the Musaf service, which you indicated could be part, and some would argue should be part of all four of our uh, Amidas, of our Shemona Esres on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, how does Shofros work, work its way into the theme of the day? So what's key here is that this is not the Chidon HaTanach, you know, ten places in the Bible where the word Shofar is mentioned. I'll use an analogy. When we see that Nike symbol, what right. do we, you know, we think now the new NFL contract, right. you know, we think of sneakers. Right. When we see, you know, Jerry West in the red, white, and blue, right. you think of the NBA. The Shofar in Tanakh is always the association with two words, Giloy Shrina, when man perceives God, when man relates to the Almighty. And the examples are, the first three of the Psukim is the Shofar that was the, so to speak, harbinger that was associated with us, you know, Jews, Egyptians, Philistines, Central Africans, Mesopotamians, all perceiving the knowledge of God at the Decalogue at Harsinai. There's a great one. It, in, in the Nevi'im, the three from the prophets, there's one from Yeshaya, from Isaiah, it says, right. What does that mean, the big shofar? So I'm a farm boy, and I'll tell you this. There's no such thing as a ram with symmetric horns. Always one horn is shorter than the other. So the Medrash says something beautiful. It says, the ayel nechaz basvach, the ram that was caught in the thicket. Right. The, the Medrash says, by the Akedah, right. the Medrash says the following. The small horn was the one blown at Harsinai. You know, again, you don't have to take the Medrash literally. It's an idea. Why? Because at Harsinai, it transformed the destiny of a minority of humanity. 
What's the shofar gadol, the larger of the two horns from that ram at the Akedah? That's the one that will be blown at the Messianic era, when all of humanity will perceive God, will perceive the knowledge of God, will relate to God. So now I have to ask you a question based on your life experience. Are there animals that do have symmetrical horns? Yeah. <laughs> there are some? It's true. Sometimes in the bovine species you'll get symmetric horns. but they're oh, not. So, it's, so it's a rarity. Yeah, you'll get it, but it's, they're not kosher for a chauffeur. Correct. But those who are drawing pictures of animals with horns, they should know that they're never equal. Yeah. Although I will say this. You, know, you ever see the sign for the Texas longhorns? Yes. Occasionally you'll get a Texas longhorn, a bull or a steer that actually will have That really horns. looks equal. Amazing what you could learn on this show. <laughs> Rabbi Stephen Weil is here talking about the Machser. So what do you say to people who really want to get into things tomorrow night but find it difficult, have not been... Look, you know, life is very busy these days. And the month of Elul, we're supposed to be preparing. Not everybody's able to give it the attention it deserves. And Slichus week, we're supposed to be, you know, in, in, put, putting the pedal to the metal, so to speak. And it's difficult for people because life goes on. And, they, and we walk into shul tomorrow night. And uh, and the shul looks different than it does all year round, and we and it's also it's it's practically still August or by while. I know it's September on the calendar, yeah. but you, you know how early things are this year. This is not exactly Rosh Hashanah season, if you know what I mean. So it may be more difficult than usual for people to get into the holiday. What words of advice do you have? If they want to make a small move that would help their tefillos this yomtiv. I'll give a few ideas, and I think there are many many others. The Mesorah Sarav, the Rabbi Soloveitchik said of Machzorim, which you can get either in local bookstores or you can get in contact at, at the OU with that Machzor. I think at this point we're so close to Rosh Hashanah you may want to try right. the local bookstore. It's extremely well done. Arnie Lustiger spent years, and then there was years of editing it. It's not easy, it's not simple, but when one is sitting in shul or one after shul can take it, and it gives a beautiful insight into the nature, you know, Rosh Hashanah defines the philosophy of Yiddishkeit. It defines the philosophy of humanity. And that comes out in the Machser. A couple of tools. We'll be putting them up later this morning. Um, I'm going to have a se- seminar going through the, the Musaf, the three themes, on OUTorah.org. That's audio or in print? There'll be a video. Nice. We'll also have a video on the themes of the Yom Kippur Machser, multiple themes of the Ma- Yom Kippur Machser on OUTorah.org. As well as we're going to be doing for Aser Shemei there's going to be a Slichos Shir. In other words, explaining and analyzing how Slichos work. I mean, please don't take this the wrong way, but when you look at it superficially, it looks like the Jewish version of Hail Mary. We keep saying, Hashem, Hashem, Kelrachem, Vechanun. Where's the Tshuva there? How does, how does that work? You know, and, and the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Ya'asu Lefanai, why doesn't it say Yomru Lefanai? So Slichos in itself is a fascinating area into not only Jewish philosophy, because it opens up the Hashkafa of the Torah, but it's a fascinating area in our relationship, how we come close in, in, in how we how we do sincere tshuva and return as a community to the Almighty. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot to explore. OUTorah.org. Which I assume is open all year round, right? Yes, it is. With a whole variety of material, I would guess. Uh, it will feature Rosh Hashanah, Slichus, and Yom Kippur starting later today. Right, and we'll have different shiurim throughout the week. And people will be able to access that and uh, gain more insight into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh, what else can you tell us about Rosh Hashanah? Out? It seems like everybody always turns to Malchios, Echronos, and Shofros for good reason. Obviously the big exception when it comes to the uh, uh, this davening, right? It's, it, it, it will, will, it'll never be in any other 
uh, holidays. I understand that. But what else can you tell us about the Rosh Hashanah Machshah that we should be aware of as we open it up starting tomorrow night? Well, the Akedah is fat. The, the Akedah is front and center. It's the bracha, it's the bakasha of Zichronos, as well as it's the laning. And, um, and I'm going to try to encapsulate this in, in two minutes because you see a similar theme in the Haftorah of Chana. It's a similar theme to the Akedah. When we look at the Akedah, we take a step back, we could be very critical. We despise and we hate these people who send their children to slaughter. They send their children to their death, right? right? The, the homicide sure. murders. Well, is Avraham, what's he doing? In the name of God, he's butchering, he's slaughtering his children. And the other question we ask is, how could the Rebona Sha'olam, as a father of, of a child, how could he play, manipulate, so to speak? You know, he's telling Avraham he's going to sacrifice his child, then he tells him not to. It's a very difficult tale to grasp. So, in a, in a nutshell, the assumptions of my question were very wrong. The point of the Akedah is that, in practice, it's murder. We're, we despise the Molech, people who sacrifice their children to the gods. That's in practice. But in theory, the point of the Akedah, and that's what the Almighty was teaching Avraham, in theory, it is. Your child is not your child. My child doesn't belong to me, even though I created it biologically yes. and everything else. Just like my body, my time, my talents, my IQ, none of it's mine. And what Avram's teaching us, where he is, so to speak, our role model, the poster child, Avram and Yitzchak, is that we commit everything we have to the Almighty. It's a life which is consecrated, which is dedicated. So Avraham, why is that a role model? Maybe I'm not Avraham. Maybe I'm not on that level. Maybe I couldn't do that with my child. But what he's teaching me is the following. And that's what I stand before the Almighty looking towards the coming year. I commit my talents, my unique, distinct personality. Each and every one of us has a unique, distinct personality as a function of our parents, of our education, of our community that we lived in. And we have to dedicate that and consecrate that to a godly lifestyle, whether that is helping the Jewish community in this area, helping humanity in that area. And each and every one of us is unique. What you do at JM and the AM, the education that it provides people and the opportunity, whether they're going to work or whether they're at home, they may be Yoshevu Batal, the fact that you inspire them through thoughtfulness, through the music that you provide. What does it do? It defines their day. It sets their day in motion. So each and every one of us has to take our unique, distinct talents and they have to be consecrated. They have to be dedicated. That's what Avram taught us. My time is not my time. It's on loan from the Almighty. I'll use a simple example for those listening out there that are portfolio managers or hedge fund managers. You know, before you sign up with a hedge fund manager or portfolio manager, what happens? The SEC requires that you have to write down what your proclivities are, you know, what your risk factor is, what your risk comfort is. And if the hedge fund manager or the private equity manager violates that, the SEC can take away their license. So, Lahav deal. The time the Almighty gives us, the body he gives us, the wealth he gives us, the, the talents, the unique personality, the intellect, the education he's given us, provided us, through our parents, through our education, etc. All of that is on loan. That's what Hannah says about her son. Sha'altiv me'ashem. Right. He's on loan from God. That's what Avram taught us. And if we have that attitude, it's a totally, it's a radically different attitude towards our wealth, our talents, our abilities. That's why the Akedah is front and center on Rosh Hashanah. Because it's a statement that by reading it and by li- trying to live up in the way that we can, in so much as we can live up to, to Avraham and Yitzhak's model, it's a different life. And that's the life we commit ourselves to being the Almighty's partner. 
a bris, right? Zocher habris. We're his partner, and that he's lent us certain abilities and talents, and we commit them and dedicate them. Very inspiring words. Uh, Rabbi Stephen Weil is uh, Executive Vice President at the OU. You will spend, as you mentioned to me off the air, Rosh Hashanah Day with a essentially an explanatory service. That would be the way to put it. Yeah. An explanatory service at uh, at Congregation Keter Torah in Teaneck, New Jersey. And you, surprisingly to me, said that uh, a couple of hundred people come today. Yeah. It's amazing how people are thirsting for a little bit more when it comes to uh, the high holidays. Rabbi Baum and John Gellis and Howard Grunspecht, you know, they're an all-star team at Keter Torah. I'm a proud member of that congregation. And Rabbi Baum is always looking to create portals of entry. You know, it's a big tent where people can, can learn and grow. And, and I've had the honor to partner with Rabbi Baum. And this is our fourth year having an explanatory minion on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And then sporadically over the course of the year, we'll do a Shabbos version of it. And the explanatory service obviously will concentrate on some of the themes we touched on today. Um, anything else you could tell us before we wrap up from the explanatory service, which might give somebody, somebody a spark for the upcoming holiday? Something that's outside of Malchi Yosefrono's shofar and the Akeda? Two themes in the shofar. Oh. I mean, if you and I were to... Un- Imagine the middle of Musaf on Pesach. We pull out the Shemur Matzah and start eating. The rabbi would throw us out of shul. It's a disrespect. Or the same thing if on, on Purim. Imagine opening up Megillah Esther in the middle of the Amidah. It's a hefsake. It's an interruption. Obviously, we see that shofar is not an interruption. Shofar is a vehicle of prayer. It's so a real enhancement. What is it? We, on the one hand, we have these great, sublime, sophisticated ideas that we communicate and articulate. And at the same time, when it's all said and done, after we spent a whole morning in shul, there's certain things we just can't say. On, that only can come from the heart. has to be demonstrated. Yeah, you pour out your heart. It's the cry. What is, what is Yom Teruah, the day of Teruah? So there, we have the three approaches to Teruah. The moaning and groaning the way an adult would cry, that's Shvarim the crying of a child, the trua, and then the process of totally breaking down. You start shvarim trua, you start moaning and groaning, and then you just break down like a child. So there's two ways that we communicate to God with all of our sophistication, grace, and dignity, and from the heart is broken tzaburach and the you know, broken Jews. That's one theme. And then the second theme, which the Rambam articulates in the shofar, it's a wake-up call. Uru So on the one hand, it's us crying to the Almighty. It's our vehicle of prayer. At the same time, we're trying to wake ourselves up from the sleep. The sleep that we have while the lights are on. You know, the, the certain, how would I say it, smug, arrogant, callous ways that we go about life. The way we treat others, the way we treat the Almighty, the way we treat ourselves. And this is the wake-up call. Fantastic. Boy, you are always full of great material, I'll tell you. Fantastic. I take this opportunity to wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Good luck with the explanatory service. I'm sure it'll touch many people's hearts. And OUTorah.org later today uh, will begin the offerings of uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Slichus material, which people can find on the website in video form. And uh, you continue to highly recommend the Rav's Machzer which came out a few years back, uh, an OU publication. As you said, it's an older Judaica stores. People still have a chance before Yontif to go out there and get it. And you, you uh, interestingly enough, said it's not easy, right? It's a, it, it takes an effort to, uh, to grasp everything that, he's, uh, that he has said and that's being written uh, in the words, uh, uh, in the translation um, uh, from the Rav's Machser. But uh, it's doable. People will, will find it enhanced Yontif because of it. 
two classics that people may want to use as well. Sure. Many have the minhag that each day of Aserah Shemei they learn one of the ten prakim of Hilchas Tshuva of the Rambam. Right. So you've got the Rambam, Hilchas Tshuva. Right. And then, of course, the famous work, Shari Tshuva, Rabbeinu Yonah. You know, the Shari Tshuva is a powerful work. You may not be able to finish it over Sarasimei Tshuva, but it's uh, worthwhile. Fantastic. Uh, Rabbi Weil, I thank you. Best regards, everybody at the OU, and thanks for joining us this morning. Yes. I want to thank you. I, I got to tell you, at the OU family, we look up to you as our role model. And, and all I can say is that, Nachum, the, the inspiration, the education, and the sense of warmth and depth, all at the same time that you give all of us in the community, we're, we're profoundly grateful to you. And you're our role model. I greatly appreciate that. And we should celebrate a wonderful 5774 together. JM and the AM, Rabbi Stephen Weil, is, of course, the Executive Vice President at the OU, at the Orthodox Union. Uh, we highly recommend OUTorah.org, as uh, we mentioned Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and Slichas will be themed that will dominate that website over the next few days, so check it out. Check out the Rav's Machster, everybody, and of course, if you're in the Teaneck area, you are invited to join her by while at the explanatory service at Congregation Keter Torah, both on Thursday and Friday, the first two days of the year. It's a Tuesday as we get closer and closer to the brand new year here at JM in the AM. How about an Areshes Fosenu? Words from uh, the liturgy this Rosh Hashanah at JM in the AM.
Shana Tova, a little bit of Shlach Rock. Before that, Areshes Fosenu from Leiv Vanefesh. Shachinu Bisrael and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmdam.org. And that wraps up an amazing... Tuesday edition. Tomorrow, it's the final day of the year. How do you like that? And we celebrate 30 years here at WFMU tomorrow. It all started era of Rosh Hashanah back in 1983. I want to thank everybody who participated in yesterday's show, which was a tremendous surprise to me, celebrating 30 years. And of course, to Eitan Katz, who has celebrated with us with a, an amazing live music performance. Uh, make sure you're on the stream all day long at jmdm.org. ZK will do a live lunch, the final one of the year, beginning at 12 noon Eastern time. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Tell tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.